Commencing countdown. Three, two, one. This is the Contracting Experience. Connecting government contracting professionals to the world around them through conversations with acquisition influencers, insights into evolving hot topics, and sharing lessons learned from the field. Greetings listeners, ConIT is the new contract writing system being rolled out across the Air Force. In this next episode of the Contracting Experience podcast, I sit down with Dan Parrish, who is one of the lead subject matter experts on ConIT. Dan talks a little about his work experience and how he got involved with ConIT. He also discusses why the Air Force needs a new contract writing system, as well as the ConIT rollout schedule across the different Air Force locations, resources and training available, and future capabilities planned for ConIT. Enjoy hearing the latest details on ConIT rollout. So today on the podcast, we have Mr. Dan Parrish, who is the branch chief for contracting systems branch in the process management division of the Air Force Materiel Command Contracting Directorate. Welcome, Dan. Thank you. Yeah. So um, for the first question, you are going on 30 years of experience with the Air Force this December. Can you tell me about where you're from and how you got involved with the Air Force? Sure. I'm uh, a Midwesterner. I was uh, born and raised in uh, Illinois, in the central Illinois uh, area. Um, went to uh, Bradley University for my uh, undergraduate and uh, the University of Illinois uh, for graduate school. Once I uh, uh, finished graduate school, I did like everyone else and started putting out resumes and applications and, and um, that kind of thing. And uh, Air Force came back, Wright Pat came back. They were, um, it was towards the tail end of President Reagan's uh, big hiring uh, spree there in the in 1980s. And uh, 30 years later, here I am. So. Awesome. So looking at your work experiences, you've held some pretty niche positions. Can you tell the audience what your work background is and how that has led to your current position as the branch chief of the Air Force Materiel Command Contracting Systems Branch? Yeah, niche niche is a good word. Um, so I've been fortunate uh, over these uh, almost 30 years to kind of to work in uh, I uh, have a lot of varied experience, work a lot of uh, interesting initiatives and, and projects. Uh, came in um, as a um, contracting specialist in the, what used to be called the Wright Pack Contracting Center. Um, I spent uh, several years there as both a buyer and uh, did contract administration work in the operational contracting area. Then I moved uh, from there to, I stayed in the building, but went to the foreign military cells uh, section where I supported uh, AFSAC requirements, uh, this is the Security Assistance Center requirements. Um, supported uh, requirements for Saudi Arabia and Jordan. Um, it was an interesting experience. Uh, became a contracting officer while I was there. Um, next, I moved to uh, the C-17 SPO as a contracting officer and uh, worked in there for, uh, uh, for several years. Um, and 
saw a uh, opportunity for a career broadening position over here in headquarters. Um, so I was uh, fortunate, fortunate enough to uh, get selected for that. Came over here to headquarters and began work in as a business advisor uh, in the old MSG organization uh, in their future systems branch, which kind of first got me involved with uh, information technology because uh, they were uh, beginning the development on something called, uh, we call now, the Contracting Business Intelligence Service. It's a kind of a business intelligence capability that's used across the Air Force. So I first got my experience there, um, rotated up and became, uh, was asked to uh, support a, an Air Force initiative called the Purchasing Supply Chain Management initiative that was kind of, it was a joint effort between AFMCPK, uh, A4 here, and then um, the field uh, logistics and contracting folks in the field. Okay. Um, I was a uh, uh, team lead on a couple of teams, uh, the strat uh, planning team, as well as the job design team. Um, one of those outcomes was the creation of a commodity council structure that you see now okay. at the ALCs. Um, from that, because we were supporting and very uh, closely tied to A4, uh, we stayed in the A4 organization. So I actually became part of A4 as a logistics management specialist. Um, where I was the tech lead for a couple different teams down there, the depot maintenance uh, group and the responsive sourcing group. Um, did that for a short period of time and then was fortunate enough to get a position back up in PK um, in what was called the contracting systems division. And uh, from there, um, I kind of, uh, you know, have, have been there ever since. It's kind of gone from a division to a branch and um, you know, I eventually took over branch chief duties uh, within that. Um, so as part of that and your current position, uh, you are one of the lead functional subject matter experts in the development of the new contract management system, CONIT. So can you tell us what CONIT is and what is your role in getting it implemented? Yeah, CONIT has been uh, a long time coming. It is a critical part of uh, SAF AQC's contracting modernization effort. Um, we've been at this, like I said, uh, for quite some time. Uh, it is a contract writing system that uh, will replace uh, the contract writing system currently in use with our operational contracting units uh, across the Air Force, and that is a standard procurement system. Um, Eventually, we will um, kind of broaden it from a pure contract writing system to both that and a contract management system. That's the idea. But um, the target right now is uh, operational contracting and, and those requirements. And um, so we will be uh, very shortly begin deploying that. If my role in, in all that is uh, I am the AFMC rep uh, to the Air Force Functional Requirements Board. Each MAGCOM has a uh, rep that's a voting member. 
And so myself and the staff within PKQT um, have been assisting the AFMC sites in getting ready for that deployment. So we have um, a lot of interaction with the sites, helping them through, uh, you know, getting their uh, site deployment taskings, what they need to prepare for, um, giving input on training plans, having, you know, routine telecons with them, all uh, with the goal of getting them ready to deploy. Um, I am also one of the lead functionals for the development side. So we meet um, the, the uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, has a development team and they are the ones that are developing the system. Okay. So uh, I meet quite often uh, out at uh, their, uh, their location in Colorado mm-hmm. um, with uh, other functionals to help guide them, if you will, with uh, their development on our, on our functional requirements. And then why does the Air Force need a new contract writing system? There have been uh, several factors um, kind of instrumental in getting us to this point. Uh, the first one was several years ago, uh, OSD had a mandate to all the services to uh, retire and get off the standard procurement system. So that was an initial driver to um, what we began as far as planning and, and what we could do and, and how we could uh, uh, conceptualize a, a new writing system and what we needed it to do. Um, the others have been, um, we have currently in the Air Force three contract writing legacy systems. Uh, the standard procurement system, Conright, um, and the Automated Contract Preparation System, or ASIPS. These systems, at least in IT world, are very old. Getting, um, it's, it's more expensive to maintain each system. Uh, getting new capabilities into those systems quickly has been more of a challenge. So that's been a driver as well, that uh, we've recognized that uh, we have three writing systems out there. Hey, is there something we can do to get to one? Um, another driver has been from Congress and, and really OSD. They've been very focused on uh, a data-driven environment, if you will. Uh, today, you know, it's all about data, being able to access it, being able to make sure it flows um, uh, efficiently throughout all the business processes and so with our legacy systems that really didn't happen. We, we had um, uh, data flowing for instance between the financial management community and the contracting community uh, and then to the payment side could be very clunky and so one of the drivers from OSD's perspective to all of the services was when you replace initially SPS, make sure you are keeping in mind um, that your business processes need to uh, be able to talk to one another and be be able to need to facilitate that that data flow. Um, And and the last thing I would say is uh, from OSD's perspective, 
the last several years they have um, mandated several uh, standards. So standardization is, is, is huge today, uh, but, but particularly the standardization around data. And uh, f for buyers and, and, you know, and our users of the system, um, you know, they, they may see some changes, but mainly it's in, in the back end as you, um, you know, send the data through to our stakeholders. Right. Um, it has to be in certain formats, has to be in, you know, that um, other systems can receive and act upon it. Right. So those, I would say, are, are the main, um, main drivers. You, you always have new security um, requirements that are getting um, more, you know, certainly uh, more robust. Mm -hmm. And and so it, it, it does cause issues with all of those legacy systems out there trying to meet the new security requirements. And and we have um, the the fire out there, which is the, the financial, um, new financial regulation that, that really calls for transparency uh, between the data, the, the financial data flowing across systems. So when should contracting teams in the Air Force expect to start using ConIT to generate their procurement instruments? Actually, we have um, eight sites. We called them, uh, we, we call them the early operational capability sites that are already using ConIT. Uh, we began deploying those EOC sites in May and uh, went from May through the end of June um, for the final deployments of those. They used those uh, for this last fiscal year uh, execution and so it was a great way to, to see um, how the system was used live. Mm -hmm. um, we got a lot of lesson learns, lessons learned from that. We um, also expectedly, uh, we had to handle uh, quite a few bugs, you know, and nothing is perfect coming out the door. Right. So they were, they were great test beds, they did uh, a great job. Uh, the AFMC site, AFMETCAL, was the uh, first one to deploy in May. First, uh, you know, our AFMC site and actually the first one to deploy in the Air Force. Now for the fall, we, we use those lessons learned to finalize a deployment for the rest of the Air Force. And so we will begin those deployments uh, starting the week of 15 October. Uh, the AFMC's first site, which is uh, at Rome, the RAKO folks, they will begin deploying the week of 22nd of, of October. Um, after that point, for AFMC, we have uh, Eglin that are planning to go the week of 12 November. Uh, Hanscom's uh, scheduled to go the week of 3 December. Edwards is scheduled to go uh, the week of 3 December. We have three sites planning to go the week of 10 December, and that would be Tinker, Robbins, and Wright-Patterson. And we finally have uh, Hill that is uh, planning to deploy the week of 17 December. So. Um, you know, we've got, it's going to be a very intense next few months as we deploy worldwide. But, um, you know, we, we hope with all the lessons learned and that, that uh, we will be quite successful. Well, it's exciting because, like you said, it's been a long time coming. And yes. as, you know, we talked about in, in your last answer as far as um, being data-driven mm -hmm. um, and making sure that 
Um, we, are, we have things in place to accurately collect the data so we can make those data-driven decisions as important. So, um, and and kind of just to add something else to that is also making sure the data that we input is accurate, helps with those data-driven decisions. So that goes to the folks out there in the field that are going to be entering that data. And it's definitely important to make sure you're putting in accurate information so that way when it feeds all the way through, we can use this this ConIT system to accurately collect the data so that way we can use it and leaders can make good decisions off that information. Yeah, exactly. So what resources or training are out there to support this contracting modernization effort? So as part of the overall de the development of the system, we have a training team um, and we've had uh, SAF AQCI has worked uh, the organizational change management pieces of this. Uh, along with uh, help from the, the other the MAGCOMs. Um, there are uh, several resources out there that people uh, can go and learn more about what we're doing and what ConIT is, uh, is all about. Uh, SAF AQCI has a, a SharePoint site. You can get to that site two ways. You can go to Contracting Central and go to the contracting modernization website from that, or you can go directly to the contracting modernization ConIT SharePoint site. Um, just, just go there. Uh, you can, um, that site contains a lot of uh, very useful information. It uh, has a frequently asked questions tab. Uh, we uh, put release notes on there. So as each development sprint happens, uh, the release notes of what the functional, new functional capability is, uh, is put on the SharePoint site. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, I'd say at least 40 or so videos on there that are basically how-to snippets. So if you wanted to go and learn how do I create a clean structure in, in ConIT, there's a video for that. How do I upload uh, clauses into ConIT. There's a video for that. Um, so those are developed because, quite frankly, um, you know, it was the um, thought that as users are in the system, you know, one of the best ways, instead of having to get out and look something up, they could access the videos and if they've run into two issues. Uh, the other thing out there that uh, is available is uh, on ADLS, which is our learning, you know, the DOD Learning Central, uh, has a ConIT uh, training uh, module for that. And it's, it's a good just walk through of what the system is so mm -hmm. people can, again, get familiar with, with uh, what's out there. And, you know, if they've not deployed, certainly get familiar with, okay, this is, this is what's coming and I right. can get used to it. The other big resource piece um, is what, um, what we've set up as far as site-by-site -site training. Uh, each site that will be deployed uh, has a site training lead, uh, both a site lead and a site training lead, and they have been uh, establishing training plans and setting up um, training, uh, a training environment, training uh, efforts for their users at their site. So the thought is that uh, as we get closer to deployment dates for any particular site, they will have trained their, their users mm -hmm. um, and done all that prep work. So gives their users a chance to get hands on the system right. 
and um, you know helps prep them. Uh, the last thing we did as far as training, um, which we've done probably over the last year, year and a half, is hold uh, familiarization events where we've hosted those mainly at DAU, but we've brought in users all across the Air Force to uh, get their hands on the keyboard, so to speak, and, and give us their feedback. So through all these efforts, um, you know, there's, it's been a, a fairly robust area that there is training out there. There's things that people can look at right. and, and videos if they want to see it. Great. And just for the folks listening out there, um, I will put in the show notes the, the link for the ConIT SharePoint site and for the ADLS training. Um, so take a look for that out in the show notes. So Dan, are there capabilities that are not in the version of ConIT that is being rolled out that are planned for the future? Yes. We, uh, the development we are using is the agile development process. So um, what that means is we have a, a baseline, I will call it, set of capabilities that the EOC sites um, had. Mm -hmm. We've added some capabilities since then to get ready for our October deployment. But throughout the Agile process, which is, uh, you know, essentially it just means updates that, uh, that recur quite frequently. Mm -hmm. um, more or less every four weeks, users are seeing new capability in the system. Okay. And that's part of that development process of myself and others going out to the development team and guiding them through uh, what new functionality they want. Mm -hmm. So we have a backlog of of functionality that we want to get into the system uh, during this first rollout uh, for the operational contracting users. Mm -hmm. um, longer term, we have several, I'll call them blocks of capability that we plan on developing and releasing over the next several years. For instance, uh, we uh, will focus after this deployment we'll begin focusing on uh, users within the weapon systems community, mm -hmm. uh, space, R&D, and the logistics contracting environment. They all have unique needs, mm -hmm. and those will be translated into functional requirements that in turn, we will uh, we'll gather those and then begin sitting down and uh, going through the development. Beyond those, um, those initial capabilities. We also have requirements for uh, such things as uh, records management or electronic contract filing mm -hmm. capability. We have um, uh, requirements for more robust reporting and capability of, of I guess, more robust reporting. And, and then um, more contract administration closeout type of efforts. So those are all kind of blocks in general of things that we have planned um, to roll out over the next next few years. Okay. So we'll have to do a follow-up podcast on when those get rolled <laughs> out. I'm sure people will be excited yes. to hear about that. Yes. So. so what's your advice to contracting units that will be implementing ConIT? So for those sites that uh, are in this first uh, deployment, uh, be, again, beginning uh, in October, first of all, the, the most important thing will, would be go and attend one of those training events mm -hmm. that uh, your training leads have set up. Um, that, again, the, what we've found through the familiarization events is 
once people get hands on the system and, and be able to create things in the system, uh, you know, obviously that, that is a great training tool. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's the first thing I would, uh, I would advise. Uh, also, the, the things I've, I've mentioned earlier, go to the website, the SharePoint site. Uh, we have a lot of information there to go through. Um, if you're not sure of something, certainly you can ask questions to your uh, local site leads. Mm -hmm. Or you can call your local, uh, your, your MatchCom FRB rep. You know, myself is for AFMC, but again, each MatchCom has, has an FRB rep. Uh, and, and you can also, you know, if you uh, uh, want to, you, AQCI is a, a great, um, um, you know, focus for uh, getting questions in and, and answering those questions. Um, for those uh, sites that say you're in the weapon system, your environment, or you're doing logistics contracting, and that will be coming, we will be working towards that. But if you just wanted to know, hey, what is this thing? Right. Again, uh, the SharePoint site's a, a great place. You can go to ADLS and, and take the training to give you kind of a walkthrough of what the system is. Uh, so those, those avenues are there for you. Great. Is there a help desk available if users have questions or problems with Con IT? Yes, there's a help desk um, established at Gunter. And what, especially users with this first rollout uh, for the operational contracting sites will find is we've, we've tried to structure a, a similar process in um, getting help desk tickets issued if you have system problems. Mm -hmm. um, the first kind of line of defense, if you will, if it's a functional issue and, and you're, it's more of a contracting question than a system problem, mm -hmm. is obviously consult locally with your contracting officer or your folks locally. Um, if it really is a system problem that's, caught, that's uh, the issue, we have established, and sites are establishing actually, uh, site super users and um, they are close to what the SPS users today uh, understand in that the uh, site super users can uh, go to Gunter uh, and request uh, help, issue a request a help desk ticket. Okay. So that was your, your first line of defense. Gunter is of course standing up a help desk and then for those issues that are really uh, system issues that are uh, very problematic that may cause or require some um, changes in software, uh, there is an operations and support team uh, within USDA that assist and help resolve the bugs, the system bugs that, okay. that come through. And then does ConIT allow um, contracting officers to electronically sign procurement instruments? Yes, right now what ConIT does for the EOC sites is um, essentially take a, have a picture of their um, signature and then we'll put that on the document. What we are building towards is a true uh, electronic signature okay. for that. Okay, yeah. so that might be more one of the future that's, rollouts. That's going to be one of the future rollouts, yeah. Okay, and then just to give folks out there listening an idea of what's been done so far as far as contracts awarded, um, how, many, how many awards to date have been made in Con IT? 
uh, just shy of 1,600, um, which is pretty impressive since we've uh, only, you know, we only began the uh, initial rollout of our early operational uh, sites in May. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so it, it shows that the system is uh, running and, and it's been successful in executing the mission of those eight EOC sites. Awesome. Well, I'm sure the, the contracting folks out there are excited to see the system and get it implemented so they can work more efficiently and effectively in getting their contracts awarded. Um, and like I said, in the, I'll put in the show notes the link to the ConIT SharePoint site and the ADLS training. And I want to thank you for joining us today on the podcast. You're welcome. If you have suggestions for topics or people to interview or feedback on the podcast, you can submit those at the contracting experience at gmail.com. I want to thank you all for listening to the Contracting Experience Podcast. Until next time, keep connecting to the world around you.